0: This is The A, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! (laughs) As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater, headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. I just talked to Mallory yesterday, and uh, she's... uh, her uh, boyfriend Carmelo is in a uh, thing, I think they're celebrating 150 years of Gilbert and Sullivan at the Lamplighters, so I'm going to uh, pump that. But we have a wonderful guest, uh, Peter Abraham. Peter, how you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Reg? Long time no see. I know. It's been 10 years. Uh, you and I, we were involved in Central, uh, not Central Works. It was um, Off-Broadway West, it's Hedda Gobbler. <laughs> That's right. Wow. And, right. and, and you Dude. were just fantastic. I'm looking at the poster right there. And I, oh, I yeah? imagine you've been in a, a bunch of other things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll bring the poster. But uh, what, have, what have you been doing lately these days? Uh,
1: Well, lately, uh, not much theater, but been doing, uh, you know, other than my technology work, uh, as far as acting goes, really just some uh, small film stuff, auditioning for different, um, uh, you know, commercials and this and that. Um, You know, when you're in uh, Union up in Northern California, it gets a little bit challenging as to, you know, what the offerings are. Okay, you know, now, you know, some people, they, for whatever reason, they want to have a chip on their shoulder and gripe about it. But that's just the nature of the beast. If I didn't want to go down to LA, you know, which is the belly of the beast, uh, it, you just have to accept that and try to do whatever you can to stay busy, any aspect of your life, let alone the creative process, right? You know, and um, so, that's just where uh, I'm at now. Unfortunately, COVID has really affected a lot of the um, projects that um, have been going on. But, you know, my agent up here um, will reach out to all of us. That's JE Talent. Um, And just like a couple of weeks ago, they held a a massive Zoom uh, call with probably about 180 of the uh, different talents that J.E. represents where um, a gentleman, um, his name eludes me right now, but he offered to, uh, uh, for about an hour and a half, do a workshop on self taping, you know, which we had been doing, all of us, as, you know, distance, distancing ourselves, uh, shelter in place, and whatever you want to call it. Uh, But the funny thing about This whole self taping thing is that even if COVID had never happened, self taping was imminent because of just the way uh, of logistics to be able to, you know, yeah, sure, it's nice to go and go to see Nancy Hayes or uh, Bobineau or uh, Nina Henninger, which are the three main casting, you know, directors here in San Francisco uh but you know it's just because of technology you know and there are things that you need to do so that you can really have a nice packaged presentation in that in the realm of an audition and to send to the folks um and basically everybody becomes their own uh, director and producer in their in-home uh, studio you yeah. know
0: We've yeah we definitely really talked interesting yeah we've talked about that the ins and outs uh, or the goods and the bads the yings and the yangs of auditioning via Zoom or via tape or you know doing a video and sending it out and we'll talk more about that and more about you Norman uh, how was your week I know you're we have been embroiled in the Baldwin project but <laughs> otherwise how are things going
2: uh, That's it's it's an interesting week for me I'm I've been in between I finished my teaching stuff. And now I am starting more teaching stuff. um, Tuesday, Tuesday, yes, Tuesday. Um, And also, I, I haven't been doing much modeling this year. So suddenly, I've got all these modeling gigs. So I've just, I've had this little brief period in between. And I guess part of me is kind of sad to be finishing up the uh this first leg of the baldwin piece we uh, yeah will finish today yeah
0: well i mean it's only beginning and i can tell you know just from the energy of last week you know uh, for those who don't know we were at the peralta house and i really thought it would be a very scant audience but it was full and you know it was vibrant and you know I, you know i have to give compliments to you as a director you know you really did an excellent job you think a reading is a reading is a reading Oh, what's the big deal but it's amazing how some people can get energy, and also the material helps. When you have good material, good actors, and an audience who are hungry for uh, the material, which is, of course, the life of James Baldwin, then you have some magic. I think we created a little bit of magic uh, last week, and we'll do it again this week,
2: uh, uh, later yeah, on today. I, I'm, I'm hoping it goes very well this evening. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The in-between, I have to go to, back to Peralta for the, uh, there's a free showing of I Am Not Your Negro. That yeah, I, like, I remember yeah. seeing that a um, couple of years ago, uh,
0: ironically, when Berkeley was in the midst of a, uh, I think there was a, a right wing protest and right wing was left wing was going again, really the sort of the beginnings of the culture war, or at least the culture war coming home in the Bay Area. Um, I guess you don't have to deal with that, Peter, because you're, you're not in the Bay Area anymore, are you? No, I'm here in Petrel Hill,
1: San Francisco.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. A couple a couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but 2017, I was in Berkeley. I was going to see, I was seeing the documentary, I'm Not Your Negro, and apparently uh-huh. some white ring, I forget who the uh, the speaker was, but he went to Berkeley to give the speech. This is just as Trump was, uh, just had just been elected. And I had never seen it before. because so you'd think that we're in a bubble of this liberal bubble. And all these right-wingers were, you know, protesting against, um, you know... Um, people who didn't want to hear hate speech in uh, in Berkeley. And uh, that was really sort of the beginning. And, you know, we're still living with that even right now. Um, I don't know if you remember no. any of that in 2017.
1: I I, I, I I vaguely remember it. And I remember telling a friend of mine who's a little bit more, I, I consider myself just for the record a centrist. Um, that way I can bash on both parties wholeheartedly, you know, and I feel good about it. I just turned 60 last week. Not, Congrats! Not not that I look it. <laughs> what
2: are you talking about? This my, is exactly look what
1: looks like. But my point is that, own that. Know, <laughs> but this is really weird that you bring this up because I woke up this morning, uh, not to digress too much, but um, I was in a, this incredibly vivid dream where I was involved somehow with Donald Trump and I was wearing a suit and there was a bunch of other people who were suits. Now, subconsciously, maybe I was a plant Maybe I was there to thwart that lunatic. I don't know. Um, that didn't uh, blossom, because you know how dreams are just so, so so nebulous, and sometimes they look like they're uh, clear, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of like a Twilight Zone thing. But I, going back to what you're alluding to, I honestly believe that and many other incidents that followed weren't necessarily uh, Trump's doing, but they're at least two to three degrees removed from he and all of his sycophant whack jobs out there who try to do as much disruption as possible. And, you know, he, he himself, I call him President Clown, the grandstander, um, was a pathological liar. And he has all of these followers in many different assortments all over the country that follow in some whatever cookie cutter process to pretend like they're the real Americans and they're not, they're yeah. just a bunch of whack jobs.
0: No, no, you no. Know? You're totally right. And, you know, I totally hear, you know, you're talking about you being a centrist. I mean, I really think this is more about extremism and there are extremisms on yeah. both the left and the right. And yeah. um, I mean, we can even go back to Newt Gingrich and, you know, the contract with America and, you know, the, uh, the extremism protesting uh, Clinton's election and Clinton's presidency and then the swift boaters who tried to unrail, derail uh, John Kerry's uh, campaign. I mean, it, it goes on and on and oh, totally
1: It goes on and on and on. And, and even today, uh, literally just the other day, because uh, Biden wants to appoint an African American woman to, you know, the Supreme Court. Uh, you have yet another spineless coward like Lindsey Graham, who, if you remember his words right after Trump, uh, no, prior to Trump being elected on how how Graham was, you know, completely grilling Trump. And all of a sudden, Jekyll and Hyde, he flips over and now becomes his ass-kissing, you know, crony. And Graham the other day said, wow, the Democrats have really gone far left radicalism blah 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 with this nomination you know and uh you know you can slice and dice and make of it what you want there's a lot of wink wink in there you know that you know so yeah
0: yeah and we we can translate we can go into current events because we do go into current events because you know when we talk we talk about theater but also theater reflects what's happening in the world today it has uh, to it has
1: to be an agent yeah
0: yeah no you're absolutely right um well i mean obviously the biggest news is the war in ukraine you know uh there's an old there's an old saying uh in world war ii when um germany went into poland uh the cat jumped and uh, because everyone had been waiting for something to happen an escalation to happen and this week the cat jumped um you know Russian forces are in Ukraine and they're about to go into Kiev although there's some encouraging news that uh the Ukrainians are fighting you know very very hard I've been reading they're, I was they're like
1: pushing back really strong yeah. yeah
0: yeah um you know I don't know if there's much to talk about you know I was reading about why aren't we sending well, forces. They, uh, he
2: agreed this morning to um, well not agreed. well supposedly supposedly they've agreed to a ceasefire um, or agreed to meet to talk about a ceasefire oh you mean Putin yeah. Okay. Zelensky and Putin have talked about having a ceasefire. I just saw that this morning.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll believe it when I see it because I Agreed. think
2: that go ahead. Agreed. No, I agree. Yeah. Because you know, Putin is,
0: you know, we've we, we can look back and you know, and usually I will go onto YouTube videos and there are all sorts of videos on World War Two. We we always replay World War Two as if, you know, it's it's one of the greatest. We don't want to talk about Vietnam. We don't want to talk about the wars that we lose and the wars that create controversy, but, you know, we want to talk about the greatness of how we were in World War II. And Putin is really of the cloth of, I mean, he's almost, it's, it's almost as if he's a reincarnated um, Stalin. I mean, not that there are any Googlogs or anything like that, but um, Peter, I don't know if you have a take on this. Now you're from Iraq, um, Iraq. And yes. I, so was, I was
1: born in Baghdad and emigrated uh, here Uh 55 years ago, two weeks removed. Back in uh, February of '67, we came uh, here. We a lot of our family were already here, so we were just part of that latest sort of iteration of emigration.
0: Yeah, were you guys escaping the? I think was it the Iran-Iraq War around that time? I know something. No, no,
1: no, no. Iran-Iraq War was '79, '80. After, after. the uh, overthrow of the Shah, Um, we just came in a sort of natural uh, sort of migration that happened with my family. You got to remember, this is partly uh, important. I'm of Assyrian descent, not Syrian, but Assyrian. Wow. The Assyrian empire goes way back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Assyrians uh, right after the Armenians and Chaldeans were the first kind of handful of tribes in 56 to 60 a.d who converted into christianity you know so that was when all that happened um so yeah i mean baghdad at that time was an international hub it didn't have extremism um you know and all that uh christians muslims um uh, sephardic jews who look like me or palestinians you know not not the eastern european ones all hung around together and drank coffee and tea and talked business music food you know and things change. we can that's for another day in conversation but um, <clears throat> the the nefarious elements that turned over the middle east still exist and putin is part of that Um, If you read really close into what he's doing and why would Fox News, for example, side with him and call Biden, you know, this coward that can't do anything. It's like there's something really, you know, smells rotten in Denmark here because we we know that Fox is just an opinion uh, show with a bunch of clowns trying to get more ratings and money. That's all they're all about. But um I want to just segue this into going back to theater sometime in the near future. I honestly feel however I can input is that we have to continue as activists because I, I used to work for Greenpeace for many years and get arrested on that front. So I am an activist before I'm an actor. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to be able to have some sort of writings that aren't necessarily tribalism, but about us, the U S taxpayers, who can fight against the military industrial complex. Um, I bring this up because I think that, you know, without these people's stock portfolios that include Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, and a slew of others, you, ha- you, can't, you, you can't have these nice dividends without having all of these insane military activities, you know? And somewhere in there is a huge pile of corruption, and some of it's false flag. I don't want to get into all the other stuff like 9-11 and this and that, but, you know, that's for another conversation. Um, We are still uh, minions for the military-industrial complex. I mean, put it this way. If all of this technology that these companies are bestowed with, if they could apply it towards our infrastructure— and helping kids with a new brand of education that, you know, sort of comes into confluence with the way technology is, uh, as opposed to continually building new types of weaponry for what we're not going to be attacked by aliens, you know, we're, we're like trying to beat the crap out of each
0: other just so that we could raise our stock portfolio. You know, what the hell's going on here? Yeah no, Singing I, my song. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's something that Eisenhower warned us in his very last yeah. State of the Union address. The KFK and uh, also, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And there's a lot of money to be made for a war. Peter, uh, your camera is sort of cutting you off a little bit. I don't know if you can adjust it. If you can't, then don't worry about it. Um, How's this? perfect oh that's awesome we just want to get the best of you um that's what a <laughs> hey, who, guy who, looks who doesn't like. want to get the best of me exactly <laughs> no you're absolutely right and we've had so much we, you know i was reading an article that we've had a long time of peace where we haven't had any major wars especially with any major powers there have been smaller wars with smaller countries but this is really the first time. And there was another article saying that, you know, the U.S. won't send troops because we're afraid of nuclear weapons. You know, they have, I think, 6,000 or 8,000 nuclear warheads. And, you know, it's very, very possible that Putin could say, you know, push the button. I'm hoping that.
2: Okay, I'm but going- I find that to be a threat. Come on. Seriously? He, he really is going to throw a blow I, I just I, I find that ridiculous. I, I cannot. I, believe. I,
0: yeah, I find it hard to believe, too. But I think it's it's enough of a threat for Biden to say, well, I'm not I'm going to fall short for sending troops, which is something I think the Ukraine wants. Um, yeah. of, of course they sh- do. They need yeah. help. Well, yeah, it, you know, sending
1: ahead. troops is um, uh sort of colloquialism, if you want, or whatever. Yeah, euphemism. I guess we're in the drone because we already the, have the air
0: of drones. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we already have troops there. Right. Uh, they're called U- U.S. bases, and they've been there eons, right? Yes. And there's also uh, different types of nuclear warheads that are mini-nukes. Uh, you don't need a lot to make a statement. Um, right. And uh, there's, there's some things that have happened uh, in the recent last 20 years that I believe were done by mini-nukes. But th- I, I think that the overarching gripe by Putin um, is the fact that Hey, Russia's not in Cuba anymore, which is 90 miles from Florida, but uh, you guys are here. See, Russia isn't here anywhere. Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're neighbors with them as far as Alaska, you know, like what's her name? Miss Baked Alaska.
0: <laughs> you uh, Sarah Palin, yeah, uh, I, I could see russia from my front porch
1: you know yeah <clears throat> but,
0: but uh, with but, but with i mean we're not we're not there because you know we're you know in, in approaching you know a lot of these countries want us there because you know they want to they want a big brother to help us you know to help them from the bully
2: yeah, because, yeah you know, i don't know there's there's some of that but one of the things i was reading about was the nukes a number of these companies, countries, including Germany, have said, "You know what? We'd actually like those things out of our country." And the United States says, "Oh, no, 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 you don't." And they push, they twist the arms of NATO, and NATO says, "Well, no, we we kind of do need them there." But there have been a few countries who have said, "We actually do not want those bombs in our country." Right? You know. And we got them there, so you know. Yeah, they're there. Beca- we're there because we're going to help them, but we're also there because we're throwing money at them and we're twisting their arms and kind of. We're strong arming. I mean, this this has all been reduced to this ridiculous good and evil fight, and it is anything but that. Yeah. Not to, right, I, right. I I hear you.
0: And to you lighten know, up yeah, to lighten the mood yeah. a little bit. I mean, I love these these talks, but I'm I'm sure if folks who are listening to the A Podcast, are like, oh my god, can they stop talk about talk about some theater, damn it? Right. Um so Yeah, not political of- theater. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so in light of news, you guys heard about tank the tank. Oh, yes. Yeah, the bear. The bear. Yeah, the bear. Apparently, there are that multiple rascal. bears. apparently right. it, Yeah. yeah the, uh, scientists have determined that the DNA is found on, I guess, um, uh, hair follicles from, you know, this bear it yeah. says there are multiple bears attacking yeah. the North Bay. And although it's funny, I mean. Hey, black bear was realize. being
2: profiled. They were profiling the black bear. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. You know, black
1: black bear lives matter, man. <laughs> that's, that's what I wrote. I actually posted <laughs> By that. By the way, there is there is the original tank, and then he's got a couple of brothers who are stand-ins for him when he's tired and has to go chill for a while. <laughs> they they
0: come in. So, and I'm know. sure I'm sure they're like, hey, don't kill me. That was that bear.
2: <laughs> is, is is one of them Thomas Thomas the tank?
0: Thomas the t- oh, our, yeah. Some folks will remember that. Of course, uh, generation uh, the millennials will be like, "What? What's going on?" Um, and then there's also the Tinder swindler. Have you heard about this guy?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that jackass on the Netflix <laughs> show. Uh, he's a, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, even though my last name's Abraham, I'm not Jewish, but Assyrians and ancient Hebrews share a lot of similar traits, and some of my Jewish friends were really ashamed of him because. Uh, they would be um, accused of being self-hating Jews um, because they realize that Israel um, has actually become, uh, believe it or not, the hub for a lot of crime. Uh, And you wouldn't know that unless you peer in closely. But this guy, he's, uh, forget about all that other stuff I mentioned, he he alone, he's, he's a sociopath and we have a lot of our own types here in America, you know, where who me i didn't do anything wrong and now he's monetizing his celebrity in a legitimate way if you've heard the latest stuff about him shopping for ferraris in tel aviv no less Yeah, you know.
0: for those who don't know this is an individual who goes on <laughs> tinder you know soliciting women getting them i mean his rap game must really must be really really good to get these women to give him money where he can spend all sorts of other stuff and then he got exposed because he's a gigolo cyber i guess the gigolos gotten into the cyber um the yeah. electronic age and now he's moder- you know that's the thing that disturbs me i mean how do you how do you um this is not the way to punish bad behavior you know this is celebrating bad behavior now he has a netflix you know series based on him he's getting more fame through his <clears throat> own deeds it's, you know right. shakespeare was shakespeare saying well, measure hopefully for measure.
2: all the money is going to the victims hopefully yeah that'd be nice
0: some rise by sin and some by virtue fall uh, to quote measure for measure i mean it's
1: crazy i mean every week now you know the term ponzi scheme has really uh made a a prominent uh, sort of uh, presence in our lexicon right Mm-hmm. um you every, every week there's a new ponzi scheme and ponzi schemes used to be in the millions now they're billion dollar ponzi schemes you know i mean there was just another one you know the other day uh which kind of like makes you wonder about cryptocurrency and all that i'm too old school you know let's stay away from that stuff it's sort yeah. of weird
0: I mean, the whole whole crypto thing, it's a solution looking for a problem. What's the problem with money? You know, even, you know, digital money. So I don't know. Yeah. But in any case, no, this is this is awesome. I mean, I I enjoy these uh, conversations. Um, Peter Abraham. So I have the poster right here. This is Hedda Gobbler. We did this uh, 10 years ago. It's so sad that, uh, you know, I spoke to we, of course, we had Richard Harder and Barbara Harder on the Mm yay. And, um, you know, they talked about everything they wanted to do for Off-Broadway West and the community that they that they had. But I guess, you know, they had to retire and I guess the rent was getting pretty big. And, um,
1: yeah, so they, yeah. They I moved... talked to Richard a couple of months ago mm-hmm. um, a- after he uh, he had a procedure done and he's healthy and all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah he, he's doing good. And of course, Barbara's taking good care of him. But um, yeah. let's let's talk about you. So how did. um. get into an origin story. So, um, so you were born in Iran and um, Iraq. I'm sorry, Iraq. Baghdad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. There's a big difference. Um, How did the theater bug bite you? I mean, uh, how did you get involved in theater?
1: So it was actually back in 86, uh, where I was working for Greenpeace at Fort Mason. If you guys know Fort Mason, it's a, it's a great place to to commute to uh, where you're right on the water and all these big buildings that used to be military and uh, in the uh, building next to the one where our office was was various um, different artsy theater stuff the magic theater Mm-hmm. Was there. Matter of fact, Bats is we'll on there water. a
0: we'll of there in a few couple of uh, a yeah, uh, little theater yeah. of I think of a little Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of so I little Gateway of is little bit
1: yeah, a little bit of a guy, bit uh, African-American gentleman, bit actor a little bit a guy, bit of a little bit of a little bit of a and Shabaka uh, had a class that it was his own style of intro to acting, which we did not read any scripts. There was not any scene study per se. But it, what it was was doing different sorts of exercises to be able to sort of liberate your body from the weight of the words and to be able to just sort of, you know engage in movement and all these type of things before you ever actually picked up a script, learned it, and actually did a scene with your fellow, you know, player. And um, I think that that was an incredible experience for me, Um, you know, whether it was vocalization, a combination of vocalization and movement. uh, To this day, um, I still, Uh, on my list of things to do is to actually take uh, a movement class and actually a speech class because, you know, um, it's been a while since I've done theater. Sure, I can read a script and go up there and do whatever the best I can as far as cold reading goes, but, you know, you can never, ever be so complacent to think that, you know what, man, I need to go in for a fine tune-up, you know, because um, it's just... Things come and things go, and there's nothing wrong with uh, sort of reclaiming some of those attributes that this gentleman, Shabaka, had done for me. The funny thing is, he later that year did the um, the play The Island, um, you know, South Africa. At the Fugard, played. yeah. At, uh, at yeah. the Fugard. Well, that's right. And it was done, it was directed by Richard Side, who later on in life became one of my teachers and uh again another style in between that my main um teachings and Richard uh harder would know this because he also studied with Gene Shelton actually Richard back in 92 when I started studying with Gene he um he filled in as a substitute teacher one day and uh you know he had all this bravado about him but you know he gave really good down-to-earth uh, constructive criticism on this is what you got to do. This is this is where you're deficient. This is where you were proficient. You know, and um, so that's kind of like, you know, what happened to me as far as acting. Um, I did a couple of plays after um, the first class with Shibaka, um at City College. And then um, between Greenpeace, after leaving Greenpeace and my uh, girlfriend, time after five years, that was where I had all this room to do nothing but, uh, you know, do part-time jobs and then get into serious uh, scene study with Gene Shelton in late 92. It took a while, but, um, you know, I started doing plays uh, with her. She had um, cast me in View from the Bridge. Where I play the uh, an immigrant once again, but an now, Italian that off, one. Was
0: that was that off Broadway West?
1: No, no, that was um, at the Shelton Theater on Sutter Street.
0: Okay, got it. Because because yeah, I, I know yeah, that I, I, yeah, I know that uh, Richard that they did produce a uh, view a version of uh, A View from the Bridge. Now the question I have for you, Peter, is I mean, so when you were involved with uh, I guess Shabaka, you must have been what twenty seven? I- I'm guessing twenty four. Huh. Twenty four. OK, so yeah. now where you, did you have an interest in theater, like, say, when you were a kid or um, is there a reason why at that no, age? No, go ahead.
1: As a kid, I, I, I had a total interest in, in film. Uh, I, by the time I was 12, I knew of all of these actors that go back from the 20s, you know, somebody like Fatty Arbuckle, who was notorious for some of the things that he did in on the, in the Palace Hotel. That poor man. Nah. Yeah.
2: But, poor you know, story, fast yeah.
1: forward mm-hmm. through the 30s and 40s, you know, um, e- even as a teenager, I loved film noir, you know, uh, Sam Spade, and then you go into um, the 50s. Mickey Spillane. With, uh, yeah, but I mean, the 50s was, you know, and you can mention, you know, God bless him, rest his soul. Uh, Mr. Poitier, you know, good old Sidney, uh, the mm-hmm. stuff that he did in the 50s to bring black actors to the forefront, you know, and uh, I remember my <clears> dad, uh, He my, my dad was not a racist, but he was uh, his own type of racist where he was always frustrated. Why are there so many blacks uprising? like the Black Panthers, because when we grew up in uh, the East Bay, that's where the Black Panthers started. was in Oakland, you know, and uh, he would go, why can't they be more like polite and gentlemen like Sidney Poitier? I love that guy. I go, well, you're talking about an expansive universe of different type of people that just happen to be of the same skin, just like Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. people fight each other. You know, we're not all the same, you know. Well, and
2: and Sidney Poitier was very much... Active in his way, he wasn't. He was involved in a lot of the the protests and stuff, but he wasn't yeah. in the streets the way other people were. But his career choices just elevated the conversation in and of themselves. Right. right. Yeah, I, I I think that his pathway of being more of
1: an ambassador, he <clears throat> knew. You know, he and he was sort of conservative. I I would surmise in his own way, depending on what the issue was. You know. Um, there's a lot of African Americans or or, or or Latinos uh, who who are conservative. A lot of it's bound by the Bible. I don't know, or just the way they, they were brought up in general. You well, know?
0: yeah. Well, I mean, one I mean, one book that I've um, that I've read. I mention it on the show all the time. Walking with the Wind. This is John Lewis's book. His version of mm-hmm. how the Civil Rights Movement was created. He talks about the difference between Northern blacks who has a a sort of an energy of in your face, the ballad or the bullet, you know, F you if you don't give me my rights. And those from the South who were raised from the Bible and from, hey, we're going to protest and we're going to be beaten up and we're going to take this punishment as Christ did. And so you had two different ways of approaching the movement. And just like you said, Peter, there are different cultures, let's say, whether it be Middle Eastern or the Latino culture or the Asian culture, they go through these things as well.
1: Yeah, internally through their, there, there's tribalism within the big tribe, you yeah. know, and, uh, and that's always going to happen. Now, you look at his parents, the, the actor and actress that portrayed his parents, and guess who's coming to dinner? You know, that to me, those, those I forget their names, the actresses, but they, that wasn't far-fetched for a lot of um, African-American uh, couples uh, of the 50s and 60s to be very low key and kind of conservative you know and, and I think, again I, think, I, I, think, I always go back to the bible that that yeah. helps them to you know
0: yeah so. i think that was spencer tracy and katherine Hepburn. guess who's coming to dinner if i'm not mistaken yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah 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 getting back to you so i obviously you know film had a big impact and maybe you thought you know it's you were looking at it as a participant but not did you ever say to yourself wow i maybe i can do that
1: Yeah. So there was that point where, um, I was just curious enough where I took that class with Chewbacca and, um, then seeing him in the play, uh, the Island a few months later, um, and then getting, uh, headshots to do extra work that juggled between the Greenpeace times. And, um, for some reason, my uh, before my girlfriend and I broke up in '90, we were lucky enough to get um, not only it be part of um, the production of the Doors film, because you know,
0: oh, with gro- Val Kilmer, up
1: the, yeah, yeah, Oliver wow, Stone, awesome. yeah, but uh, I, I think that the stunt coordinator uh, liked my girlfriend a lot, and he asked me if I wanted to be a stunt extra. I go, what the heck's that mean? He's like, well, you're not going to be doing like crazy stuff, but you have to sign this waiver. And they gave me, I think, 15, 20 bucks more for the day. And it was three straight days where I actually had to catch Val Kilmer as he's doing a stage dive. And that was at, uh, the Warfield, trying to Simulate as if it was the Fillmore East, where he was doing some crazy stuff, um, and you know, so doing that, getting to meet Oliver Stone, uh, couldn't talk to Val because he was always in character, you know. But
0: you, caught, but you caught him, right? I mean, was that him, or was that a I, double I, that you were catching?
1: No, no, it was really it was really him. Wow, it was really him. So that was a kind of a fun experience. So the point is that that was my first fully immersive experience you know around uh a legitimate big budget movie you know and there's like 137 moving parts to this mechanism right all going on at the same time people running around like field ends you know people screaming at each other all that but all it was all controlled chaos you know and i thought wow this is like interesting you know it's like everybody coming together in a a different form of ensembleism, if you will.
0: Yeah. No, that is, that is really, really awesome. And what an experience. And I was looking at the the documentary. I feel so bad for Val Kilmer, you know, his voice. uh, I think he has voice. Yeah. We watched
1: it. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. And the funny thing is that his son narrated it and uh, almost sounds like a young Val Kilmer wow yeah, yeah so yeah. cool
0: so talk to me about so when you you studied with um Jean sheldon i'm not going to get yeah. into you know like her techniques or whatever but i guess that connected you to richard harder and i guess richard reached out to you when i guess Off broadway west was um coming in um did you yeah, yeah was that the only production head of gobbler or had you done other things with um richard and off broadway west
1: oh the the well it wasn't called off broadway west but um in the same location as a the Phoenix theater there. And, you know, Phoenix used to be on 8th and like
0: Geary, wholesome. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Way
1: Actually, back. yeah. 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 No, no, no. Way back it was the Market. But uh, Linda Ayers Fredericks, she was the one that, you know, had that oh. space. Yeah. Um, you remember a gentleman by the name of Hal Savage?
0: No, no.
1: So back in 03, Richard had called me and, um, uh, Long story short, Hal, was who was, a, uh, he was an actor on the side, um, he did other things. Um, they did, it was a vignette of like four pieces called Frisco Follies, and Hal wrote them. And they were basically sort of film noir type. And I did a uh, small, you know, little one-act piece with Barbara, actually, where I play a detective a private eye so it's kind of very much like uh, a Sam Spade character that I played and again this is back in 03 and Richard had directed the um the main uh the main piece which Hal Savage and a few others were in so it was uh one small piece our piece another piece and then it uh, rolled into, after intermission, um, into this bigger, uh, probably like 45 minute uh, piece that uh, Richard had uh, directed with Hal and a few other people. So just think about it as, um, you know, an anthology, right? You know, you have a host, and it talks about, well, this happened one time, and then this scene comes up, and then this is what happened with somebody else that i knew which would have been barbara and i in this piece and then another piece and then uh yeah it was it was trippy you don't you don't get a lot of those type of shows where you get the little sort of vignettes you know that are strung along you know like the tales tales from the crypt
0: (laughs) right (laughs) type of pieces (laughs) So, is that the precursor to Off Broadway West? I guess this was. Uh, was this something that was like a one and done production? There's like you know a production team only for this production, and then it's it's gone.
1: Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know, um, what happened because you know, I I could not. I would go to see plays, but I don't know where, um, when Barbara and Richard picked up a more, sort of formal. Regiment season-by-season season structure. Um, sometime after that, we would go see some shows, uh, Marianne and I, my partner. But um, after that, I, I didn't do any theater because I was so committed to my other work. Sure, I would audition for um, film, uh, TV, uh, commercial, PSAs, because at that point, I already had maybe about 15 plays under my belt, which isn't a lot, but it was enough to give me, you know, a a lot of uh, experience and structure. I wanted to monetize it a little bit just to get some side income. You know, that's why I was able to join the union earlier than not. Um, I had gotten into SAG from um, being cast as a gunshot victim and, you know, episode of Nash Bridges Oh, nice. Way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then did a bunch of other things. And uh, I mean, you know, the way I started out, I appreciate it more than anything because um, Gene did practice the Stanislavski method method acting. And one of the biggest takeaways that, I got from that by doing theater was that you're never really acting you know you're yeah you just want to make cog. it as real
0: you want to make it as real as possible you're,
1: yeah you're you're just a cog in this storytelling device called a play right that's, that's all you are yeah you know? you're, you're not you're not anything else
0: so let's so, talk yeah let's talk about what you're doing now because it sounds like you've sort of elevated or you're it sounds like you're you're still active and doing other things like, have you been doing like commercials or little small films or only
1: only um, uh, uh, just auditioning for uh, small experimental films, They're union, they mm-hmm. pay, but they don't pay the full scale. I mean, scale now for union uh, daily basis is about eight hundred dollars. But some of them are scaled down to four hundred or two fifty, and that's that's fine, you know. Yeah. Now, are um,
0: you are you equity or SAG after? Or no, maybe I'm SAG don't.
1: after. Got I'm it. I'm equity eligible, but I you know I mean if I I can you know pay the initiation fees and become equity, but um, you know it's just uh, right now. I I mean I look back at how. Easy it was to be able to get up at six in the morning, go to my day job, get off at four, uh, run around, do some errands, go to the theater, and do rehearsal uh, from five to ten thirty or eleven at night, and then repeat the whole thing, you know, yeah. four more days a week. Um, but you know, when you're younger, you're sprite, you are an aspirant you know yeah yeah. and you are in the ether you don't complain about fatigue you're in the moment you're in the zone um but as you get older and you have different shifts in your life and for anybody hopefully none of that has to do with their health actually but just other stuff health does get in the way of some people i know you know whether it's um, has to do with mobility um, or other things mm-hmm. that unfortunately come with aging. Uh, me, knock on wood, I you know turning sixty, I'm pretty healthy still. Well, that's I good. Could, I I could sprint a hundred yards uh, without stopping, uh, and oh, I know that i mean i know that sounds like nothing but
0: well i mean a lot of 60 year olds can't do that I, I was gonna bring i was gonna bring norman in because we've talked a lot about equity and like you know it being uh-huh. an, I, I believe you're still equity norman yeah um but sag after i don't know so much about that like do you do they still pay the same dues do you know a lot about sag after norman
2: i don't know a lot about it i i know You know, it's the Screen Actors Guild. I mean, it's what's been great in this whole time of COVID is when everybody suddenly went to Zoom, Equity was kind of hinky about that. They were still stuck in the 19th century with their with their agreements. And uh, and SAG was like, you're doing it on a screen. No, you're broadcasting it. No problem. (laughs) Here's a here's an agreement. And so it was wonderful to see that, you know, the difference of, of those two unions. Equity is trying to catch up. And, of course, as always, the rules keep evolving on this whole pandemic. So we'll see, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, what do, you, what do you guys think about, just real quick, um, how now that they're letting folks back into the theater as audiences go, but um, I know that there was different sort of concepts of doing the pay-per-view theater Where, um, you know, um, did you have you engaged in some of those yourself where you were part of the uh, ensemble?
2: I've done some in-person performances or I've directed some pieces actually uh, for in-person performance um, where where it was being streamed. But that's under SAG agreement. The equity agreement from the few people I've talked to who've who've gotten to do that is real specific. It's real limited. It's (laughs) real specific um they want to hold on to that idea that it is live performance so you know if it steps over the line into something that just exists into perpetuity on youtube equity is trying to keep that from happening and that makes it really hard on the producers you have to jump through all the hoops to make something that is you know that is viewable that is watchable in that medium um and yet if you the better you make it the more frustrating it is that you can only present it either exactly at the moment that it's being performed or for maybe a week or two afterwards. They, they've got these real limited agreements. Um, right. I had performed live, no streaming, the whole audience masked, that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of theater companies, they they've dabbled into the whole streaming thing and maybe they've had some success monetarily, but I think a lot of them do it only temporarily. I know Tabard Theater, they've sort of switched. They've really gone gung-ho into it, buying all sorts of, I mean, they've almost turned their theater into a sort of a, a sound stage, a sort of a stage, a television production stage, where right. they're doing productions, but there's also cameras, and it looks very, very professional. If you have the money to do that, you can do that, but it, you still, it's no guarantee that you'll get the audience. So I think it's hitting us for a right. lot of theater companies. Yep. Yep. I was gonna, I was going to ask you, Peter, because you began the conversation about this the whole concept of um, of doing auditions via film. I mean, via uh, video. There are a self-taping. lot of self taping, yeah, yeah self taping. There are a lot of actors who are like, "Oh, I would rather be in front of the the director or whatever. I'd rather get the vibe of having the audition face to face." Do you? I, I take it you prefer the video better. Is that is that true?
1: No, no. Uh, as an actor, you have to adapt and be a chameleon, whether it's with bet- within the character realm of things or the properties of how you are going to project yourself. Either way, uh, just shut up. Don't gripe. These are the times we live in. Just do it and move on. Right. I mean, there's 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 bigger fish to fry. You know, just just comply with them. Yeah. No, nobody wants to hear somebody gripe that way you know gripe about your taxes or about where your, your taxes <laughs> right. are going right right but not right. not that you know you just have to all like you know embrace feedback and and, and deal with yeah with the given circumstances
0: yeah and you know and really that's what evolution is all about even evolution as far as the arts is concerned you know everyone is doing these things i notice a lot of um of uh, casting directors they'll say hey put it on youtube even if it's private and give us the link and we'll have it. And the advantage of that is, is that you can audition for a bunch of companies using the same monologue or, you know, you I can do a bunch of monologues, right. just throw you it up on that. YouTube or whatever it is. And anytime right. I'm asked to, you know, audition for a role, I can say, hey, okay, here's the link. Boom, 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 boom. So
1: It's a th- lot easier than recording something and then sending it, um, you know, f- through this giant file that literally takes 40 minutes. Oh, sure. To load it. And, you know, I mean, it's just, man, you know, you know, absolutely. Math. Math yeah.
0: Math. yeah. Uh, I'll wrap it up. So, um, where do you see yourself in the future? I mean, are you happy with how things are? Are you, um, are you a frustrated actor? Are you just very content? Do you want to move on to do bigger and better things?
1: No, um, I, I, I'm content, uh, only to the extent of, uh, being of uh, sound mind and decent body, I've been losing weight, and uh, I've I, I want to uh, sort of gradually reinvent myself. I, I see myself. I think you know it's like. Um, here here's the way I look at it. I'm I'm positive about my future as an actor only because you know you're always still going to need you know people who become older. And depending on your, like all of us have our unique look and uh, you got to have optimism, you know, and you got to have faith in that there's going to be something where opportunity knocks in the future. Yeah, yeah, sure. The whole industry is all about youth movement and all that. And that's fine. You know, so what? There's, there's a role out there for all of us to play somebody's father or uncle, you know, or big brother, Yeah, you know, you just got to believe that.
0: yeah and the cool thing about you is you're the type of actor you can play pretty much all all sorts of ethnicities I mean you can be an Italian mobster you can be you know the, hey, the forget about it yeah. <laughs> right exactly and actually you yeah. know before before I realized that you were from Iraq, I thought that you were italian but um but I mean, yeah. you mean but I mean the chameleon you know you can play all sorts of and I'm truly sure ambiguous yeah 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 but uh, but yeah then, that's you know, not that's not
1: a bad thing I know. No, it's you not know. a
0: bad thing at all, and it, and it keeps you—it um, <clears throat> keeps you, you know—in the loop as far as you know. Directors who are looking for someone who can play multiple roles, and you know, you're still—you you're, right. know—you're a veteran right. enough that you can do that, yet you still have the vitality to do it. And you're a great presence on stage. I mean, you know, when we did we had a Head of Gobbler, I was waiting. Hey, what's the next thing that Peter's going to do? Because um, you know, really? I, did you did you have fun doing had a Gobbler?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I, very much so. I mean, uh, I came in uh, near, near the uh, middle of rehearsal, and uh, it was a little bit challenging to kind of get up to speed. Um, you know, it wasn't Eugene O'Neill, but it was still four acts. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it was hard to keep a play of that period time moving so that the audience... Stays captivated and so that it keeps moving because you know you can have a lot of um booby traps if uh if it's not executed properly.
0: Well, sure, um, it, it, it's know. very much a period piece. And uh, from what I, what I remember correctly, because I was a stage manager, I think um, yeah. Richard sort of grabbed you, <clears throat> needing you know someone. Um, I'm not sure if it was at the last minute, I'm not sure what happened to the other actor, but uh, he was very, very grateful to have you. And uh, you, I mean, you sort of gave it a modern feel. I mean, you you didn't act like a period actor with all the gestures and all of the other things. I think that you sort of kept it grounded, and helped the yeah. audience keep it grounded as well. So that and that was just yeah. my you know, my basic observation.
1: No, it was a, and I appreciate it. It was a hell of an experience. You know, everybody was, um, you know, it was a eclectic group of of players. You know, yeah, everybody (laughs) kind of came from a different background.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, We had Cecilia Palmtag on and she talked about her method and we have had Adam Simpson on. So it's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, way, way back Uh, in uh, 2017. So. um, Wow.
1: So there's still other people maybe like Jocelyn or whoever else to kind of.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what Jocelyn's doing these days. Uh, Also, I've talked to. She moved
1: up to Chico.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Sylvia Creighton's, uh, she's, well, she's been more involved with uh, with Central Works, but right. she. I know that she uh, did, a, um, I think she did not Broadway West play, but um, I think she was also the costume designer for a yeah. bunch of stuff. Yeah,
2: she's but great in, at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, it's 11.33, so I think we should close it up. Norman, well, and I, I just
2: want to come one comment sure. on the thing because you talked about your training and then you talk about Hedda Gabler and it's so amazing that sort of contemporary way of approaching acting. when you can really dig into one of those older pieces is, is gorgeous yeah <laughs> you know, when yeah. you can bring yeah. to life, you know these pieces end up they can be like a museum piece they can be very kind of archaic if you can manage to dig in and give them some of that that energy that is mo- very much a part of modern acting it's kind of gorgeous
0: yeah and that's exactly what you did peter i mean you know the uh because i think you were i forget the character that you played but you were judge sort of rock yeah judge brock and um yeah. you uh i could tell that the audience felt okay so this is and and also i've oh shucks who's the um the the ladies fell in love with him uh the sort of the male ingenue i forget the dude's name um, um. Yeah. But in any case, yeah. the, both the two of you sort of gave it the modern, you know, the the audience felt, oh, this is not, you know, the, these aren't classical actors. This is a sort of a modern actor, sort of what Marlon Brando did. I mean, one of the reasons why Marlon Brando is so well celebrated is that while everyone else is still doing the, you know, standard American English and all of these ways of, uh, you know, that they've been taught how to act. And Brando really brought in the method to give it a sort of earthiness a sort of realness right. and you know, i'm uh, glad
1: you brought that up yeah. because real quick i know you're you gonna wrap it up so no, no, no. Um, go, go right the, ahead. the way that ibsen wrote that um it, it makes the actor almost um be compelled to get into that sort of uh, victorian like mannerism right. and the inflection and the tone and all that but you can't exert it to a point where it starts becoming cheesy and hammy you know you 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 is less is more in this case that's right because then just those little colors come out just enough to give the audience that thing and if the rest of it is sort of like well this actor has one foot in the 20th century so be it but as long as you're real and authentic about it it's okay and it's palatable for, for the audience to absorb
0: Exactly. And the audience needs to understand what's going on. They can see all these mannerisms and the Victorianisms, but if they don't know what's going on in the play and if an actor can sort of ground it so that the audience can say, okay, I I now understand what's going on. And of course, your, your character, Brock, he sort of you know pushes the stakes because you know there's a time sensitive thing and there's a document that's missing and it's going to be burned and and all of that stuff and so you know you sort of um you know not only got a big
1: ego he's full of himself and he's a powerful figure in the community
0: that that's exactly right that's exactly right so no you know so i just wanted to you may think oh gee that was 2010 no one remembers that i totally remember and i remember you know the great performance that you had in that
1: i appreciate it it was fun doing that at, at some point, I know I'm going to do a play again. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't even care if it's a small piece because, as you know, there are no small parts. <laughs> there's only small <laughs> actors.
0: That's exactly right.
2: Great yes. Uh,
0: your camera cut off, Peters. You may want to cut it off and cut it back on. But um, I don't know. Right there? Yeah. But while you're doing that, uh, Norman, do you want to get into birthdays, shout outs?
2: Birthdays? Not that many this week. Yeah. I don't have any either. I don't yeah. have a lot
0: either. I, Go I, ahead. I,
2: Meg Patterson um, is somebody I it's one of those people she is one of those people that I met as I was running around as an actor new in the field and I felt like I kept bumping into her never really got to work with her um, but she was always uh, doing casting production I think she worked with Kaiser uh, Permanente at one point point um, and their amazing outreach program uh, Jeffrey Beer is one of the what people in the Bay Area probably mostly know Jeffrey as is a a teacher. Um, He teaches acting, he teaches different styles of acting. Um, He's very rooted in the sort of uh, Asian-Japanese movement, you know, Suzuki and that sort of thing. Um, But he's also an amazing director and actor. Uh, I've gotten to see him do all of that and it's been a joy. Um, His birthday's coming up this week. Lewis Campbell started the Multicultural Theater Project, uh, which uh, was working on the backside of a church over in San Francisco for the longest time. Um, It was always neat to go see the shows, and Lewis had a way of finding the new talent in the Bay Area, so that was always cool. Uh, Rika Anderson, whose name I misspelled, um, is somebody I met through... um, Central Works, um, also a very powerful actor, um, director, and she runs a program called Actors Reading Writers at the Women's Club, the Berkeley City Club in uh, Berkeley. Uh, I think they do monthly stuff. It's very cool. Richard Squirey is um, a fight choreographer and teacher. I was working, I met him when I was up at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts, and sitting in on his class and watching all the squirrely kids get very quiet as he brought out all these cool weapons set them all out on a table behind him and then proceeded to talk to them for two classes before he even let them touch them was so amazing he just had them hanging i was like i wish i wish i had a trick like that michael muhammad is a east bay um black director Uh, ed gonzalo moreno i'm not even sure he's in in the Bay Area anymore, but he's a, he was a young actor who I got to intersect with briefly before he was making noises about heading off to LA. Uh, Renee Walker is a costumer. I've gotten to work with her in numerous companies, African-American Shakespeare Company, the um, uh, Word for Word. And I think most recently, she got to do one of the uh, big seasons with Playground, their, their festival. And then the last one I have is Lex Chesler. Um, Lex, I met through improv, Bay Area Theater Sports, which is funny because we will be in the Bats Theater today at six o'clock. So I'm hoping some of other people will come out there. When we talked about uh, getting, making the arrangements to be in the space and I mentioned that I knew a lot of these old Bats folks, all these names got thrown out and I said, please tell them we're doing this. I would love to see them. Anyway, those are my birthday shout-outs for the week.
0: Yeah, speaking of bats, I think remember we had the interview with um oh shucks, what is the um the woman's name? Um I acted with her. Um she she worked, she worked either she works at bats or she worked at bats. Um oh shame on me. Okay, I oh, don't get old, God. folks. I'm drawing
2: a blank, no. Yeah, she was a
0: young blonde uh woman. Um any case, hmm. I- I'll I'll think of her. Any case, so you took mine, that was uh, Michael Mohammed. Um, on the 24th, but I left two- you one. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, Lily Chung Crystal, her birthday was on the 24th, and of course, she uh, used to run um, Ferocious Lotus, and now she's in um, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. The week, uh, Mu, theater, Moo. theater, move. Um, so on the 28th will be Matt Hohensey. and Matt Hohensey was the musical director when we did. Oh shucks, where is that poster? Bat Boy, Bat Boy the Musical. And he was fantastic. Where was uh, that
1: one? I remember that.
0: Yeah. Bat Boy, the musical that was done by Ray of Light Theater. Oh, Victorian? boy, tons it- of story. Yeah, it was, it was at the Victorian Theater. We had one musical director who got drunk and was hitting on the girls. And so I, as a stage manager, <laughs> had to fire him. <laughs> and so uh, we brought in Matt Hohency. Uh, So that was that was very, very funny. Um, any case, Matt Hohensey, he's 43 years old. Happy birthday, Matt. Um, Mike Muhammad, you left me. uh, You took that, Uh, and his father passed away recently. So we want to, you know, give our thoughts and prayers to his dad. Mm -hmm. Um, Linda Huang. We, I'm trying to get her on. She's a stage manager. And she was like, oh, you don't, no one wants to hear about me. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're part of the theater experience, too. So I'm trying to bring her on. As a matter of fact, she's stage manager, a couple of off, Off-Road West stuff, because I brought her in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so her birthday is March the 2nd. She's been doing, taking a lot of time taking care of her dad, wow. uh, who's uh, getting up at age. But in any case, Linda, happy birthday to you. Um, Roxanne Enriquez, another ex-Bendel stipper, a, a Philippine model. She's in in L.A. now. She's one of those who she did the stiff thing in the Bay Area, and then immediately went to uh, L.A. to try her uh, try her lot, and she's still there. So happy birthday okay. to you! So
2: maybe it's working. Wow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Did, and you, did ver- you mention Le- uh, Bindlestiff theaters?
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. On Sixth Street there.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've done a bunch. <laughs> I've done a bunch of stuff there. Did you uh, ever? Where? Were, I, you ever I did. A, into-
1: I did a. I did a scene night there way back like in '94, and one of the guys that was in there. So, sorry to jump in, but it's I, okay. I just, that, was, that was awesome. Is that it? Was it was Sixth Street is so funky still, you know. Um, and uh, but then the guy who's going to direct this play version of Frankenstein, he goes, "I think you'll want to do it." I go, "Why?" He goes, um, "We're trying to get um, Carol Doda, you know, the the late stripper, yeah, from the North Beach." To to be in the play. And uh I said, hmm, that that's enough incentive right there for me.
0: <laughs> wow. Hey, now that's yeah. that that would be a very cool story. Yeah, yeah that anyway, must that have brought been, my memory. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the very last uh, birthday that I have is Wiley Herman. I think you left that for me. Um so no, why, well, why, I did, why, but
2: there's one other one too. Go for it.
0: Right, exactly. So Wiley, he was one who oh uh, he and I acted. We were part of EastEnders Repertory Company. And so uh, he and I were on stage. I think we did, uh, shucks, Wonder of the World, I think. And he was one who has transitioned. And he, of course, we had him on the yay. And he did what was the film by Boots Riley, Uh, Sorry to Bother You. So, um, and he had a speaking role. So he's doing some great things. And those are the birthdays that I have. Do you have, you had one Uh, more? uh,
2: Yeah, EJ, EJ Gibson.
0: Oh, how did I miss
2: him? So we had on the yay way back when I was doing um uh, death of a salesman. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. right afterwards. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what he's doing these days. I don't know. I, uh-huh. He was doing, remember he was juggling film. He was doing more film than he was doing stage at the time. And he wasn't sure where he was going to go. It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. All right. Shows. Um, I've got a bunch of different things. There's, um I don't know if you have this golden thread productions uh, we start women's history month next month and uh, they're doing something called making home um and i put the link in the chat if you want to grab that um but uh that's what do women say 2022 making home so they're going to be talking about that i'm trying to find a link for this thing that um is going to be bouncing between Brava in San Francisco and the Aurora in Berkeley. It's a mini theater festival, Bay Area Women's Theater Festival, and I can't find the link for them yet, but um, it's put together by a fellow SFSU alum, Catherine Sebron. Um, we were both uh, founding artists with the African American Shakespeare Company, and she has put together this little festival of new works. It's gonna be running, looks like every Monday night, so. March, April, and May. I'll make sure I have more information for next week. Um, this is... The Magic Theater is hosting... So they have just... Um, Sean San Jose Blackman has taken over the, as the artistic director. His company, Campo Santo, is going to become a resident company under the Magic, and they are doing a thing they did last night, and they will do it again tonight. I think it's just a reading of A New Play Shelter by Bennett Fisher. So that's gonna be at the Magic Theater. And then one of our birthday people from last week, Brian Herndon, wanted me to make sure that he got picked up for, by Marin, Marin Theater Company, um, is doing Passover and this is their closing weekend and he's in that. So uh, I, I didn't get details on what happened, but um, he had posted on Facebook saying, so I got this phone call and here I am like less than three days later on stage in the show. <laughs> for the for the end of their run so i think those are all the ones i have okay club fugazi but i don't really know i think that's just an ongoing thing at club fugazi it's a lot of um acrobatics is what it looks like there's a beautiful video Oh, oh and i wanted to make sure i got in um michael asbury is at the sacramento theater company in august wilson's fences which runs 13th yeah he's playing troy he's playing the lead so very Mm -hmm. happy about that that's those are those are the ones i've got
0: all right well obviously i'm going to push the baldwin project we are uh, doing a reading today at the bayfront theater fort mason at 6 p.m Right. by the time
2: this gets posted we should be on our way there Right, exactly.
0: Well, uh, I think I can put this up, you know, before one or two, so people can listen, can still make it there. Uh, And I'll have the link to the Baldwin Centennial Project. And even if you can't make it, this will be an ongoing thing. There may be other readings uh, there, uh, obviously. There will be other readings
2: starting next year, February next year. Yep. So we'll give you the link
0: and continue to follow this uh, collection. I am going to ask you that. Uh, if i
1: so I, i'll just opt in and i'll always get the uh like weekly alerts or whatever
2: uh, there, well there won't be very many alerts between now and next beginning of next year because this was just a sneak peek we just started doing research ah. development on the piece um we'll do a series of readings starting february 2023 but um we have a website baldwincentennialproject.com and if people sign up there, yes, you will get all updates. Um, there will be things that are not theater-related, like this showing today, I Am Not Your Negro. We'll be trying mm-hmm. to connect to all things Baldwin for the next year and a half. Yep, and we'll have the ba- link. Okay.
0: Yeah, yep. And we'll not and once I post it, we'll have the link, so you can just click onto it. And also, if you subscribe to the Yay, we'll always be talking about that and other things going on. So there's that right. that's happening today. Also, um... Carmelo Triangio, um, I think that's his last name, uh, Mallory's boyfriend, is in 150 years of Gilbert and Sullivan, (laughs) the (laughs) Lamplighters, they're doing that, Uh, 150 years of Gilbert and Sullivan, so that should be real fun, so that's sort of a musical theater thing, and that'll be March the 5th and the 6th, 2pm, and there are tickets, I think you can view it and also attend it, but we'll have the link so you can see that. Um, Jeffrey Lowe, his play Viet Gong is uh, still playing at the City Lights Theater, well, will be, March the 24th, April 24th. Um, Eiko Yamamoto had told me something. Uh, hold on for just a second. She wanted me to, oh, shucks. Okay, I- I'll-, I'll get back to that. Um, Carmen is still going on. Uh, that'll end tomorrow. Brenna Kimmerly, and she was a uh, guest on the A. She is in that. Uh, OperasSanJose.org, Carmen. We'll have a link to that if you're into that. Escape from the Asylum. This is a central works piece. They are rehearsing right now, but they will be on stage March the 17th through April the 17th. Alan Coyne, Jen's Life is in the show. Gary Graves will be directing, and we'll have a link to that. Uh, Dot, we've been talking about Dot a long time, New Conservatory Theater. That begins March the 4th. Uh, Sean J. West uh, had posted that they are in um, tech, and I've never seen someone so excited about being in tech, because usually that's uh, hell week. Uh, but in <laughs> any case, uh, that'll be March 4th, April 3rd. Kim Donovan, Kimberly Ridgeway is in the show. Sean J. West will be directing it. Uh, let's see. Also, tomorrow is the last, I'm sorry, Monday, March 28th is the last day for... Um, Looking into the class taught by Dr. Stephanie Johnson, we've had her on, teaching a class on lighting, hosted by the Oakland Theater Project, The Magic of Lighting, and March 28th is the last day, and we'll have a link to that. The Hollow, City Lights Theater is uh, doing the Hollow. Oh,
2: March 28th, you said? That's next month.
0: March, oh you you know what you're right. I'm thinking February 28th. You, okay. You're right. It's March the yep. 7th to the 28th. So it has it will oh, not great. Be okay. So it hasn't even started and people can sign up. That that's exactly right. Thank you for correcting me. That's important. Uh, <laughs> hollow, City Lights Theater. That will is still going on. It'll end March the 6th, and Yubi Kabori is in that show. So check that out. And uh, three podcasts, Barry Graves is doing um, Black Man's Heart, so check that out on all of your podcasts, app. Mallory mm-hmm. Samara, uh, she her day job is KCBS Radio, and she's doing Connect the Dots, a weekly news podcast, so check that out. And Bindle Stiff has a, a podcast called The Fobcast, so check out The Fobcast, exploring Philippine American immigrant stories. There it is. Peter, did you have a good time? Yes, I
1: did. I really appreciate to be uh now the uh, associated with episode number 224 you know (laughs) i appreciate that can you hear me by the way okay oh absolutely we can hear you we can see you and that's awesome and uh
0: i I wanted uh, to ask
1: real quick sure um uh, in the last 223 episodes did you guys ever um interview a gentleman he's he's a from nigeria lisbon ok4 director you know who he is no no i'm writing the name down yeah, Lisbon, and then as in Portugal, and then O-K-A-F-O-R. He did a film called Oakville back a few years ago. And uh, I, I kind of, I don't know him that well, but I've always appreciated his sort of style as he continues to, you know, find budgets and all that. Check, check it out and um, see if you could uh, maybe one day, I think he would be an interesting um uh, interviewee
0: um, yeah, Yeah, well, definitely. Now, is he in, is he involved with um, uh, it sounds like he does film. Does he do theater? Has he done Bay Area theater?
1: No, no film. But I would think that, um, you know, he still might be somebody who would be interesting to interview because of a lot of the uh, people that he casts also come from a theater background. Mm. And uh I always thought that might that might be a good take to uh try to see how as a film director how he inadvertently can be influenced by theater, if that makes sense.
0: No, no, no. I've I've totally written his name down and we'll check that out. Morgan Pavey. Yeah. Morgan Pavey is the one who uh was remember her? She she made I think she works at theater bats. She mentioned working at theater bats and I'm not sure she's still down. Do you remember her Nor- Morgan
2: is her name? Morgan no. Pavey.
0: Yeah. Huh. No? And Uh, I talked about uh, Eko Yamamoto. She will be playing uh, Emily Whitman in Follies, the Sondheim uh, piece. That'll be at the San Francisco Playhouse. And she's going to be a a recurring, she's going to be a guest on DA in a couple of weeks. Uh, She was on in 2017. And uh, she and I have been basically eyeing each other. Every time, you know, when we first interviewed Eko, she was just a young actress. Uh, She was uh, getting, she Married she just had a child and she was getting back into the theater scene mm-hmm. and since then since 2017 she has been doing a bunch of stuff. She's an equity actress now and she's about to take a job out you know uh, out of town. Um, so her acting career has really, really blossomed, and she's been doing a bunch of stuff. And so she's very excited. And it's always cool when people use the A to promote their things, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, can you talk about this this thing that I'm doing?" So, hey, use us, use us. You know, this is what the A is all about. So thank you so much, and thank you, Peter, yeah. for being a fantastic guest. And I know you haven't been involved, been on stage for a while, but you're still part of the the Bay Area experience. I mean, you're part of the history of Bay Area theater. So I'm glad that you came. I'm on. not
1: leaving. Yeah. Right. Right Thank on you. And and uh, it was uh, Norman, it was, it was a pleasure to meet you, even if it was through the uh, wonders Virtual. of electronics, <laughs> you know, better than nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Better than nothing. I, I hope to see you guys in person at some point, literally. Uh, in, the, in in at some point in the next maybe a few months, uh, as time and opportunities permit, it'd be nice to just you know kind of all be together, watch some piece together and and chat and have a coffee, tea or drink afterwards.
0: Yeah, that'll be nice. And uh, before I forget, We still have jerseys. I've got the jerseys right here. And um, you can buy a white one, a black one. We have the pinstripe ones. They're $30. You can just PM me. Uh, You can Venmo me the money. It'll be $30. And I'll make sure that you get it. Uh, And this supports the yay and everything that we're doing. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Hit the bell button so that you can get updates when we have a new episode on. If you're listening to us on the podcast, we're on all podcast apps. We're still debating about whether we want to still be on Spotify, but we're on pretty much everything else, including the purple podcast app that you have on your iPhone and iPad. And if you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on soundcloud.com and you will find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know, hit us up. We're on Twitter. The Yay Three—that's our official Twitter feed. I'm at Reg Space Clay. I'm at Who's Your Hoosier? Peter, do you are you on social media at all?
1: Uh, you can find me Peter Abraham on Facebook.
2: Yeah, or okay. on link,
1: link, or LinkedIn.
2: Got you it. You know,
0: sounds good. You're not doing the uh, the uh, TikTok and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure you're not on only, only, I'm, only I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to cut down, guys. <laughs> Now, anyway, the only, thanks the again only, for both of you. Yeah, the OnlyFans thing was just a joke. You know about OnlyFans, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But in any case, okay, thank you so much. It is a wonderful uh, Saturday afternoon. It's about to become an afternoon. Norman, I will see you in a couple of hours. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. And as Norman and I always say,
2: we, we got to find, find a, a better sign-off. Team.
0: And we are out.